hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. I kind of gravitate more to those folks that maybe aren't as big a name. It is always fun and exciting for somebody like me to listen to those folks. So I just pulled a tarp out in the driveway and started gutting this deer. And I'm looking up YouTube. I've literally got my iPad and a knife. I listen to podcasts from you. You guys would talk about layering systems. I was like, what the hell is a layering system? I think I went in initially with a fisherman's mindset. Most of the time, you're coming home with something. You got to be able to get there. You got to be able to keep going. Get up, get active. This is Mike Hale, and you're listening to The Wild Initiative. Put down your latte and pull on your boots. Our culture needs people that are leaders and not people that are waiting for somebody else to show them how to do it. Those fields of tofu, that was formerly habitat for wildlife. You're killing off wildlife by being a vegetarian just as much as a hunter when he kills a deer. I'm like, well, you see that bush right there? <laughs> There's your bathroom. Yeah. My dad wears a Levi jacket. He sits in front of a sagebrush, and he tells me the best camo is hold still. Not to Donnie Vincent this, but be relentless in everything you do. Don't crap out. Go back to the truck with excuses or whatever. Okay, assume I get a deer. How do I cut it up to fit into a Honda Civic? Just get outside. Just get outside and go, because once you do, it's all gravy from there. Hey, this is Zach Griffith. This is Hannah Barron. This is Jason Phelps of Phelps Game Calls. Hey, guys, this is Cody Rich from the Rich Outdoors podcast. What's up, guys? This is Chad Mendez. You're listening to The Wild Initiative. Hey, y'all, welcome to a bonus episode of The Wild Initiative. I am here with the Run Ride Ruck Challenge and longtime podcast listener, Mike Hale. We were were talking a little bit earlier, and uh, Mike has been listening to the podcast quite a while. He's kind of become... A, a good Instagram buddy, if you will. And we kind of both realized this is the first time we've actually talked. So Mike, it is great to finally have you on the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, so yeah, I just think, I mean, I think it's funny, you know, we were talking earlier, you know, you said, uh, what was it? You said episode four w- uh, was around when you started listening. Yeah, I think it was around episode four. That's when I started listening. So I'm going to put you on the spot here. I want to know, uh, some of your favorite episodes of the podcast. So for all the folks listening, this guy has listened to effectively every episode of my podcast for the most part. And pretty much I'm, I'm curious off the top of your head, what, what would you say are some of your favorites that, that stick out? Bar none, hands down. First one is your Idaho recap. Okay. The one where you talked about the mishaps. Absolutely. I think I've listened to that one probably three or four times now. Wow. Because it just, it, it helps remind me that, you know, okay, 
I had a horrible, you know, horrible experience or whatever. It was the, the hunt wasn't good. Just hearing all the build up to yours and, and what took place. It was just nice to hear that. Uh, okay. We all have struggles and just, you know, every once in a while you just need some of that reminding. And then, uh, that one, uh, the ones with the, the three, a guys down in, in Arizona. Okay. Yeah. Um, I like that. Those ones, it's kind of like a series there. Um, yeah. yeah Cause yeah, I did the, the one off the top of my head. Those are the ones that come right away. I did the one with them and that was before I got my deer. And then I kind of did the recap yes. after that. And so yep. you got both bookends of the story. That was, yeah, those were a couple of fun ones. They, they were fun. I mean, you know, it's always nice to hear some of the, the interesting information that you're getting from some of your more seasoned professional folks that you, you know, I mean, obviously you've got some, some big names that you've interviewed, like, like we were talking about earlier with Christy Titus, you know, as an example, um, some of these folks that are out there and, and more popular, but it's always, I kind of gravitate more to those folks that maybe aren't as big a name, but are, are really awesome people and, and kind of being able to bring those folks to light, uh, is always fun and exciting for somebody like me to listen to those folks. And those are, you know, I, I you've heard the podcast, you know, I, I love just talking to people. I mean, you know, if they've got an interesting story to tell, it doesn't matter to me if they've got 50 followers or 50,000, you know, promotional aspect ones, one works a little bit better than the other sometimes when they share, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I love just sharing those stories and, and talking with people. And I think, you know, when you get into those stories, you get, you get a lot of little tidbits because, you know, you get some good information. Yeah. I get whatever Corey Jacobson to come on and we talk about elk hunting mm-hmm. um, and he just lays it out or like the elk nut and you learn so much from those. Like you got to take notes, Absolutely. but there's certain things that, that somebody doesn't straight out teach you. And you get so many of those when they're sitting and they're talking about their elk hunt for, 20 minutes you know they're describing Mm -hmm. it in detail and all this stuff they did and you pick up tidbits that they may not tell you yeah if they're just laying it out in an ideal situation but yep that's why i love those stories so and then uh remy is that how you pronounce the name remy adeleke adeleke yeah that was an awesome episode that guy's story that was amazing (laughs) was at the gym listening to that and i was like oh my gosh whatever happens to uh, after the gym today uh, that's easy compared to what this guy had to go through that's that's that blew me away what amazing story great episode so i had gotten part way through his book when i did that episode and then you know i had been reading it but i then i got distracted i hadn't done any reading for a while uh and just kind of lost track so i recently just started it over again and i i have the audible version i've been listening to it on my hikes and I'm so literally was listening to his book. Uh, I mean, shoot an hour ago, something like that, two hours ago. And <laughs> it's getting into like all the crazy stuff about like him joining the seals now. And like, mm-hmm. it's kind of in the most intense moment of the book. Wow. And it's, I'm just sitting there like, I don't even remember my hike. Like yeah. the whole time, yeah. like I was sitting there in my mind's eye, like watching him in Bud's training 
mm-hmm. I was not on my hike. So it was crazy. But exactly, uh, exactly. That was yeah. Helped same thing with me when I was I was sitting there. I was doing. Uh, I, was, I think I was on the elliptical at that time, and I I totally went longer than I had planned to. So I had to rush to make it to work on time. But uh, it was great. I love it. Totally got lost in it. That's cool, man. It's you know it's it's funny hearing from people what episodes stick out to them and why because it's always so different and you know I'm not saying this about any of the episodes that that you mentioned necessarily but like there's some episodes I'll release and I'll be like yeah I mean it was a good episode it was like I mean I don't you know people might enjoy it like I don't know and then I'll get people that like I'll get a bunch of people that'll message me be like oh man that episode was so great and I'm like really that one like that's the one that stuck out to you. And it, it just, it amazes me. Cause I mean, I guess it speaks to all our different backgrounds and, and you know, everybody relates to something different. Well, like you've got, obviously you got the Jim Shockey one, right? So people are going to listen to that because it's Jim shock. I feel like I, I know quite a bit about Jim because he's everywhere, but yeah. for, for somebody like me, yeah, I, I liked some of the other ones where it was the lesser known folks kind of off the, the main path, so to speak. And I like to, you know, I like to pepper in a little bit of both and mm-hmm. said, just see who gravitates towards what. But speaking of diverse backgrounds, I want to hear about yours. How did you get your introduction, your start in all of this, the hunting, the fishing, the outdoors? So my parents, well, my parents divorced when I was younger. And so my mom and my stepdad, we moved to a really small town. So I'm from, I was born in Seattle. I've lived up here in the Pacific Northwest all my life. And we moved to a super tiny town called Quilcene, Washington. Kind of one of those places where if you blink, you, you've missed it on the drive-through. There was no stoplights. Um, I had 18 kids in my graduating class. <laughs> it was right at the, the foothills of the Olympic mountains. I mean, super tiny, right? Um, and so because there was literally the Olympic mountains, right? Essentially my backyard, there was the Quilcene Bay right in my front yard. Outdoor stuff was happening all the time. That's all we did. We spent all our time outside. Um, got into sports and things like that. And, and I went, um, I remember going hunting with my stepdad, well, for all intents and purposes, he's my dad, but, um, I went with him, I think when I was like 13, um, it was an archery hunt. Um, he would practice his bow all the time. I think it was that he worked a lot and I think that was just his stress relief. He'd go out there and, and shoot in the driveway. So I went with him one day and, uh, shot a deer and so we we're going to go track it and ended up ended up uh, spooking it and it could have been because i was like hey let's go let's go after it not knowing what the heck i was doing so i i probably forced him to go a little bit earlier than we we should have and so we bumped it ended up crossing the river and we lost the blood trail uh and that was uh and we we searched for quite a while that day he searched for the next couple days, I mean, he was calling buddies, you know, this was obviously well before cell phones um, and, and whatnot. So it was, it really kind of, for me, it kind of did a number on me knowing that it kind of helped hinder that, that hunt. And so I didn't hunt again for, I mean, 20, 30 years, basically. Um, so anyway, I, well, not 30, but, uh, but, because we're so close proximity to the rivers and uh, there's lakes and this and the, the salt water there, I fished all the time. So 
was always doing hunting. I mean, not hunting, so always doing camping, fishing, things like that outdoors because that's what was there. Got away from the hunting thing, obviously, after that first thing. And then it was just kind of moved to quote unquote the big city, you know, moved over to near Seattle and whatnot. And uh, just something was missing. You know, when you, when you grow up in such a small town, small community where the woods are everywhere uh, and you go to a place like Seattle, I didn't, I wasn't in Seattle, but for all intents and purposes, close enough. I just missed it. I felt like something was missing. And uh, so about five years ago on a win, I ran into uh, one of my old friends from, from the school in the town that I grew up in. Um, and he just asked me, he's like, Hey, do you want to go hunting? Sure. What are we going to hunt? <laughs> he's like, well, have you taken your, taken your course? I was like, no, let me do that. So I took my online hunting course. And I think first thing he did, we went uh, goose hunting. And uh, so I went out with him snow goose hunting and we got a couple geese. Uh, I may have had something to do with one of them. I definitely did not have anything to do with the second one. That was 100% <laughs> him. I like to claim that that first one was kind of, you know, I, I might've got a feather or something from you it. You slowed it but, down uh, <laughs> and he was able, you know. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So um, then he, uh, he took me across the state to Eastern Washington uh, I bought his, I bought his old bow, a little Matthews SQ two. Um, and, uh, it was like a 2003, maybe, I think they built, they made them from 2001 to 2003. So I like to tell people it was a 2003. So it, it didn't sound like quite the dinosaur. Um, <laughs> but we went over Eastern Washington and, uh, yeah, it was so freaking cold. It was so cold. And I, I didn't know what I was doing. So I had some cheap camo that wouldn't breathe and I didn't know and uh, froze. Cause every time I'd get somewhere, I'd, I'd either be too hot. So I'd stop. I'd be all sweaty and whatnot. So yeah, it was miserable for three days and came back with nothing. We saw some deer on private property and that was it, but came back and I was hooked. I was like, that sucked, but I love it. Let's do it again. So <laughs> So yeah, that, so I've been essentially hiking with a weapon for the last five years. Uh, still have yet to harvest anything. Got uh, wonderful luck out there, obviously. But <laughs> yeah, so that's how that's how it was. That's how it happened. Oh man, so many, so much bow hiking. So <laughs> oh, much yeah. bow hiking. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's amazing how something that can su you can look back and you're like that sucked so much the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Let's do it. Again. It's amazing. Yeah. Hunting's one of the few things that that has that effect. Like I'm trying to think of something else that's well, I don't know that I look back on and I'm like, I mean, I'm like I was miserable the whole time. I mm -hmm. I it was literally awful. I feel awful afterwards why do I want to go back and do this again so much? And I don't think there's anything else in my life that feels like that. No, I had, I mean, so like for me, um, so I have a camping trip that I did one year that I, I want to recreate and it sucked. I hated it. Um, again, I was, I was probably 14. So I was in pretty decent shape because I was playing sports and whatnot. And we went on a backpacking trip. 
uh, in the North Cascades, we're going to this, this series of high alpine lakes and trailhead from the, from the road was three miles in and you're bushwhacking. Again, this is before on X, this is before all that. So these, these, it was my uncle and his, uh, his wife's side of the family. And uh, they're doing this stuff by memory or notes that they'd taken down or, you know, topographical maps that they had and whatnot. Well, we got up there when we had planned for us and, and because it was only a three mile hike one way, we packed heavy. <laughs> like I had two of these huge chili cans in my pack. My uncle had, was, <laughs> he had steaks and an inflatable raft. Um, we had uh, probably an eight man tent. We had tarps. Um, oh, it was ridiculous. Uh, the one saving grace that we had was we had, my aunt broke out. She had the uh, Gatorade, the, the flavored Gatorade back in the day. And, mm -hmm. and she broke it out. We had the Nalgene bottles and we had, uh, she's like, Oh yeah, you should, you know, take the iodine pills and whatnot. Well, we get to the, we're, you know, we're going up the mountains. The trailhead was washed out 10 miles. I mean, the road was washed out 10 miles before the trailhead. And I was like, okay, well, I'm glad we got already. I guess we're just going to turn around and go back. But, uh, yeah, my, my uncle's, brother-in-law he was probably 24 25 ish now he's probably a little older than that i just thought he was about that anyway they're college athletes got out of the military i mean he and his buddy were just i mean they were ready to go so they're like yeah let's go let's do this I'm like, 10 miles before the trailhead i've got cans literally cans of chili in my backpack <laughs> so yeah, we, we set off and I'm not talking like the little one pound cans of chili. I'm talking about, they were like four, five, six pound cans of chili. It was family, family size chili. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we start hiking and you know, we're, we're filling up water along the, the streams along the side and putting iodine tablets in. And, and thankfully, like I said, we had that Gatorade mix and we made it, we only made it to the second lake. Uh, we made it just up just up the trailhead when we finally made it to the trailhead made it up this this climb because after 10 miles what, that you weren't expecting we had to go up probably a few hundred feet in elevation up this hard scrabble rock and uh, we found a stream up there and we decided okay we're gonna we're <laughs> gonna stop we're gonna set up camp because because it was bushwhacking from that point on so we, we knew we couldn't do it at night so the next day of course we're in pacific northwest it rained and it was raining. We were cutting through the woods, trying to figure out, but the lakes were just gorgeous. We made it to the lower heart scrabble and upper heart scrabble. Those are the names of the lake. And we stopped at that upper, that upper one. We didn't make it to the third lake because again, everybody was just exhausted from the first day. The, so we spent one evening there. The next day the people were like, yeah, let's go home. Uh, so we, uh, it's like, um, we never ate my chili. <laughs> my uncle's like, I, I never used the, uh, the raft. So we're packing down rafts and chili and everything. We made, we did that 13 miles in a day on the way out. And, oh, uh, we, I remember on the ride back. I would have said, screw that and left the chili for, for the next, next person up the hike hill. <laughs> Just yeah. set the can of chili and a can opener on top of it and with a note that says enjoy. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I, you know, 
if, if I, if it was mine that I actually bought, I totally, I, I probably would have done that, but uh, it was, it was, they paid for it. You know, I was like 14 or whatever. So I was like, oh, I better do it. But yeah, so we made it down in the one day. And I remember going, uh, you know, the worst thing you can do after something like that is sit down. Yeah. And so well, we had to leave. And so we drove down and I remember we stopped at Dairy Queen at one of the towns along the way. And I remember getting out of the, you know, basically rolling out of the vehicle and I remember stopping at the curb. How can I get my feet up high enough to get over this curb? I can barely <laughs> lift them to shuffle forward. And I remember, so we did. When we got back to his house, he had uh, you know one of the split levels, and and I was so thankful I was staying at his house. And I was going down, and he had to go up. We both were literally on our hands and knees. He went upstairs, I went downstairs, and I was like, "Okay, I'll see you guys tomorrow." It was probably two o'clock in the afternoon. I slept the rest of the day. It was, oh, it was great. But now all I want to do is go back and try <laughs> to try to talk the wife into going this summer. I was like, let's do it this next summer. If, if she doesn't, I might take my daughter up there and just, just go for it here, honey. Here's a, here's a giant can of chili. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll leave the chili at home. You know, things have gotten a little better since, uh, you know, the early nineties or late. This 80s, is a family tradition. You have to carry it, but dad. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, I know this is going to suck, but you know, 20 years from now, you're going to enjoy it. You're going to look back and fought with fond memories. That's oh, basically yeah, the closest thing I have to that. But yeah, oh, no, I, and the other thing, so we have, we've got this, we've got this salvage tag law in Washington state. So, I don't know if you know what that is. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. If, if you if a deer or elk is hit on the side of the road, you can pick it up and take it. So I got notified. It was brand new, and I got notified about it. And I got and my buddy was like, "Hey, there's a deer that just got hit. It's on the road." Um. So, like an idiot, I decided I'd go pick it up, and uh, I was in my minivan at the time <laughs> i had my two girls in the back yeah i mean this is great it's thoroughly planned out so i'm driving the minivan get on i-5 and you know on the freeway and i've got my two young daughters in the back pull over where this deer was hit and I'm, <laughs> i put it in the back of my van because i've been hunting now for two years haven't gotten anything and here's a chance for for venison I'm not going to pass it up. Oh, yeah. So I put it in the back of the van. You know, meanwhile, cars, I'm sure, were wondering, what the heck is this guy doing? Because it was the first year of this law. So like, <laughs> this guy is literally loading a deer in the back of his van. He's got two little girls in the backseat. They were four and six at the time, I think. <laughs> I mean, they were looking at me like I would lost my mind. We get home because the, 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 the way the law is, you can't. Uh, you, you can't take care of the deer at the spot. You have to remove the whole carcass. Yeah. I'm like, okay. They don't well, want gut piles on it. the side of the road kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Which makes sense. Instead, I just chose to do it in my driveway. <laughs> no. That was awesome. No. Oh, yeah. Didn't. Totally. I was not thinking. I wasn't thinking <laughs> at all. Through the process. It was pure, you know, just go and make this happen get her done and so my girls i was like i yeah i couldn't take the girls you know out 
I didn't have on X at that time. So I didn't know public versus private. I mean, I you eventually can figure it out if you drive far enough, but yeah. Um, so I just pulled it, pulled the tarp out in the driveway and started gutting this deer. Neighbors <laughs> were wondering what the heck's going on. I sent a picture to one of my buddies. He's like, hell yeah, that's awesome. I sent a picture to my wife and her response was not the same. Um, <laughs> she's still traumatized by it. Not going to lie. Uh, so I hung it up in, in the garage and, and I'm looking up YouTube. I've literally got my iPad and a knife. And, and, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, how do I take care of this deer? And, you know, about 12 hours later, I finally finished. And um, I just remember telling pretty much anybody that would listen, like, I will never do this again. <laughs> uh, I'm done with hunting. I never want to touch a deer again. This was absolutely the worst experience ever. <laughs> and then I ate some of the venison and I totally missed, I, I didn't cook it right. I uh, you know, completely overcooked it. A different buddy of mine was, I was like, Hey, you know, how, how do you do this? So I'll put it on the frying pan, throw some butter on it. I'm like, okay, well, I, that's literally his, his instructions to me. I was like, I don't know temperatures. I'm trying to look at stuff. Oh, I completely overcooked it. And, my wife was like, I've had venison before and this is not good. Are you sure it was good? You, you sure this was okay? She grilled me over it because, you know, again, it was on the side of the road. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was bad. Thankfully, I figured out how to cook it better and she loves it. And I've gotten over that, uh, that trauma and whatnot. But yeah, I just remember <laughs> I, I told my mom, I was like, I'm never doing this again. Nope, I'm done. Yeah, I spent some money on some gear. Uh, I'm going to try and figure out who I can sell it to because I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm dead. Oh, I'm dying right now. This is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So, I mean, comparing that, you know, you look at from then to now, what are maybe some other things that have that have changed, you know, in what, uh, five years of hunting now? Yeah, five years. Um, five seasons? Mm-hmm. What are what are some of the the maybe bigger lessons you've learned, or how has your mindset changed? What's uh, you know what's what's different between the Mike Hale that uh, first was getting back into the woods and and uh, maybe having something to do with geese, and <laughs> uh, the Mike Hale now? Um, I'd say the biggest thing that's changed for me me is really just my knowledge um well because i still realize i there's so much i don't know i mean it's ridiculous how much i don't know but because i've had little wins along the way it just drives me to keep going farther and farther and farther um you know i think i've 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 done quite a bit of research not as much as i should obviously because i'm still hiking with a bow or whatnot as opposed to harvesting an animal um but i've got better gear now uh you know i understand a layering system um because like i said before it was oh yeah you wear long johns and you put on the heaviest piece of camo ever and that's your layering <laughs> system <laughs> i'm like you know, I remember people were talking about, I listened to podcasts from, you know, and you guys would talk about layering systems. And I was like, what the hell is a layering system? And so, you know, just learning about stuff like that has gotten so much, so much better. Um, 
I think now the, the difference too is, um, you know, I'm older <laughs> and I'm realizing how much my enjoyment of just being out there is. I've, I've really grown to just love being outside and being away from the noise, uh, being away from people per se. I mean, I love people. I'm a manager. I, I work with people all day, every day. Um, and I love that. But it's nice to just be outside and, and not have to run decisions by other people. Just be able to, you know, if there is, if I am out there with hunting with a buddy, it's just he and I collaborating or, you know, whatnot. Um, but I just really think the, the main difference is I, I enjoy the, the aspects of the hunt. Um, I, think, I think I went in initially with a fisherman's mindset, so to speak, you know, for most people, when you go fishing, you go out there for a fairly short amount of time, so to speak. It's, you know, less than a day most yeah. of the time. You go out there, you're using A, B, or C bait or, or whatnot. And, and most of the time, you're coming home with something. Or people around you are coming home with something. Or, you know, it's, it's pretty quick and easy to be like, oh, you know, this didn't work right here at this portion of the lake or this portion of the river, I'm going to move down here or move up there. Um, and so I went into it with that mentality, like, why am I not having success? This is what's supposed to happen. Now I realize that that's not reality. <laughs> um, I'm living proof of that. Um, and I think that challenge has just really started to motivate me. And I'm in a, I'm in a lot better shape now than I was then. And I think when I first started out, the hiking was the challenge. Um, I knew that I didn't know how to hunt, so to speak, but I just couldn't make it to the next ridge. So I didn't want to. But now that I can, I mean, I still got a long way to go, I mean, for sure. But just knowing that I, that I can do that just motivates me to, okay, what's around that next bend? What's around, what's over that horizon? What's, what can I learn over there that I can't learn right here? Or, you know, it just kind of that, I know I will learn more if I go there, do that. Just that motivation to get out and do more, I think is the, the main thing that has changed. It's, there's one thing uh, you said earlier that super identified with, and, you know, you're talking about, um, when you're listening to like the podcast and stuff, when we were talking about layering system and you were kind of like, what the hell is that? And it's, it made me laugh because I identified so much with that because so much of how I learned what I learned was, you know, I, I'd, I'd kind of gotten into it and I'd figured out some stuff, but I'd been talking to my buddy and he's like, okay, you know, you got to listen to these podcasts and um, you know, this is the stuff you want to check out. And so I'm listening to these podcasts and, you know, whether it's like gritty or whether it's rich outdoors or whatever, and you know, they talk about something and I'd be like, I have no idea what the hell they're talking about. And so I'd like write down a little note. If I, if it was something I would hear often, I'd like kind of write down a couple of little notes or mm -hmm. something, um, or, you know, I'd, whatever it was, or I'd make, you know, just keep it in the back of my head to go ask my buddy or go look it up and, there's so much value in, in that too, because then you just pick, you pick up those little bits piece by piece. And, um, then you go back and like 
fully understand it, but it's, I just identified so much with that where it's like, they keep saying this thing. I know what the words are individually, but together they don't make sense to me. <laughs> like, Oh, for sure. And, and you know, like, like we talked about earlier, I, I actually listened to you before I listened to, to Gritty uh, as an example. I didn't know who that was. Um, people kept saying Gritty and I thought like Gritty Bowman. I was like, okay, I, is this guy dirty? I mean, what's the <laughs> deal with this guy? I didn't realize that was his name. That's how out of touch I was with, with things. Right. Um, and, and so it took me a while to figure out that, no, that was okay. That's a name. Um, but I, I think the thing that I, that really attracted me to your podcast was the fact that it was built towards newbies and I 100% was, and, and I didn't have, like I said, my dad hunted a long time ago, but I think, I don't know that he ever went out deer hunting again after that time with me. Um, and he didn't do any other hunting. So I couldn't really call on him. Um, I had a couple buddies that were really into the fishing uh, and kind of hunted on the side. They didn't talk about it much. So really, and you know, living in the city, you know how it is. There's mm. not a whole lot of people that you know that you can talk hunting with um, that don't look at you like you're crazy or, you know, never want to speak with you again. <laughs> so yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was interesting. It was, it was a challenge. And so I'd listen to your podcast. Like I said, I would do the same thing. I'd take notes. Okay. What's, what does this mean? What, what's a sleep system? Like, is there something that I'm totally missing? I got a sleeping bag. I've got a pad. <laughs> what is a sleep system? <laughs> you know, I just heard people talking about that. I didn't know what that was, but apparently you need it to go back country hunting. <laughs> so yeah, it's, uh, it, it's just interesting The you know, it happens at work, you know, the vernacular, the, that we all use, um, it, it becomes second nature to us when we're in that environment. But when you have somebody new, like I was, and you're hearing these things, it's like it's almost like you need a breakdown. Otherwise, you're going to end up with, you know, fifty dollar camel pants from Cabela's that don't breathe and uh, coat that man weighs about fifty pounds. And so, you know, you you think you're doing the right thing, and you're sweating like crazy anytime you move. And then you're freezing as soon as you stop. I mean, that's, 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 that's what I did for like two years. <laughs> I just laugh because I think about it's actually, oh, I don't, I normally have it in here. Cause it's normally like my jacket I wear in the, kind of just in the office when it gets cold. Um, I think it's in the house, but uh, I've got, I just think to my, my first quote unquote hunting jacket that I would wear, it was just yeah. this big, heavy duty, like, like a uh, canvas Carhartt jacket that just happened to be in real tree camo. Um, mm -hmm. And that was what I would wear. I mean, the, it was, it was warm as hell. It was great. So it was fine when I was sitting in a tree stand did not work so well when yep. I was trying to hike hills though. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. It's funny. I, I, I still have a lot of that old camo in my closet and it's, you can see the progression you know, that stuff's way in the back now. It's like, okay, 
I should probably get rid of it. I, I need to donate it or something. I just feel bad to the person who ever takes it. So <laughs> I haven't done it. Uh, but yeah, it's just the progression. It's gotten so much better. I mean, the gear is so much better than it used to be. And, and uh, but it's like, you need somebody to kind of walk you through that. And that's where, like I said, I'd gotten a, a hold of your podcast. It's helped me immensely and kind of guided me to the other things. And I think that, you know, uh, there's a, there's a group up here. Um, I'm going to butcher it now, but it's like, it's like Washington backcountry. I, um, oh man, I'm blanking on the guy's name, but he talks about mentorship is conservation. And we had a, he had a get together and it was all about that and how the goal is to get hunters out there, but don't just get the numbers going, you know, Hey, let's get them into a hunt get them, get them into hunting and then just send them loose. It's let's get them into hunting and let's talk about them. Let's help them mm-hmm. because you go out there. I mean, thankfully I had enough people around me that encouraged me to keep going because uh, I sucked and it sucked for the first couple times, but I was like, no, I'm going to keep going. It's going to suck, but you know, that's just part of it. It's okay. And I think, you know, thankfully with the fishing, I spent a lot of days in the cold, you know, in the wet and the rain. I mean, we live in Pacific Northwest. It's hard to get away from that, but you know, there's, you just do it. And I kind of had to took that mentality with hunting. You just do it. Now I, wish I would have known what I knew then now, you know, I mean, I wish I would have known now what I knew then, so to speak, or I'm sure I'm saying that backwards, but whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, there's so much information out there, but I still feel like if you can get a good mentor and you can ask, like you say it on your thing, you're not afraid to ask the questions. Well, you effectively, because you listen to the podcast, you know what my final question always is, and you just effectively answered it without me asking. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. What question? question? (laughs) Um, But (laughs) so on that note, if folks want to follow along with this season, with this coming season, where can they find you online? Check out your stuff. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Mike Hale Outdoors. And that's, that's is that what Mike Hale underscore outdoors? Is that what it is? I think something like that. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's Mike Hale underscore outdoors. Yeah. Here we go. I'm typing it in. Yeah. Mike Hale, one word underscore outdoors. Um, so I'll yeah. make sure to link to that on the show notes page. I will, uh, I will post that up and uh, and send it out. Right. So y'all make sure head on over to the website. the The uh, episode will be posted up there. Check out the show notes page. You can get links to everything we talked about in today's episode. Make sure you head on over. Give Mike a follow. But Mike, thanks so much for uh, joining me today. Glad we finally got to talk and. <laughs> And, you know, we didn't even really talk about the, the run, ride, ruck challenge at all and your motivation. So, yeah, um, I'm, I'm just going to – we'll just have to talk about this again. But I'm just going to say you have been absolutely killing it, man. You've been beating me up every day. <laughs> and I've been getting up pretty damn early. Um, but, you know, I, I'm super stoked every time I see you up tagging, tagging me and stuff. Uh, oh getting your miles in so congratulations on that you know that's awesome oh, man thank you yeah i just you know it's kind of one of those things where i just i mean i know we didn't really talk much about it but 
I just, I needed to do something different and you, you can't, you know, the definition of insanity, insanity, obviously doing the same thing, expecting a different result. You know, you, you can't do the same thing every day and expect a different result. It's not going to happen. So it's like, I got to make a change. And I, I know, I mean, we can go off topic if you want, but uh, I tell you, going to that elk shape camp with Dan Stanton was, I mean, it, it was life-changing for me because he did something that, uh, so I'm a, I'm a data guy too. He did something that uh, probably, and I know this sounds kind of cliche, but probably saved my life. He, he gave us an in-scan, a body scan, and, you know, he's like, okay, so this is what your number should be for your visceral fat. You know, so that's fat on your organs, right? And he's like, okay, who's got a num who's got numbers above five? And I'm like, yeah, that's me. Okay, who who's got numbers above ten? And you know, most most of the class had numbers above five, but like maybe a couple had numbers above ten. And he's like, who's got numbers above fifteen? And I'm like, I had my hand raised, and I was just like. Nobody else did. I kind of looked around. It's like, oh, crap. You know? And he's like, Mike, dude, you got to do something. He's like, I want your numbers below 10 as soon as you can. I'm like, really? <laughs> I was like, I mean, but it just made me realize how much I was stressing out my body. And I was like, I got two kids and a wife. I got to do something different. And his whole Dan's message is whole using elk hunting, you know, obviously elk shape using elk hunting as, as the, the lever to, for the, you know, to improve the rest of your life. And he's like, so thankfully he gave me that kick and then you did that challenge. And I was like, okay, that's going to be easy. I'm going to be up anyway. So I'm going to be up every day. Let's, let's do this. You know? No well, problem. that was, but, uh, that was the whole point of the challenge right there was to get people to just start off moving, get, you know, I just wanted to give people some motivation somehow. And because I was feeling it, I'd kind of started whatever that Monday was like the 28th or something like that. I, I'd, I'd started, challenging myself then and I was feeling so motivated that I wanted to share that with everyone else and so that was um you know somebody had challenged me to come up with a challenge for other people and I was like this is it mm. you know this is what I'm feeling I want everybody else to join in um so I'm glad to see that it was uh I was always glad to see you participating in it for sure well, I think that's great. I mean, it's a great way to use your platform to motivate people to get healthy. I mean, because, you know, you can go sit in a tree stand and you can kill a deer, right? Mm -hmm. or, or you can shoot a turkey or something like that being sedentary. And that's great. But you're going to have so much more. I mean, I, again, my personal feeling, you're gonna have so much more enjoyment getting out in the woods, being able to hike around, go see different parts uh, of the landscape. Um, but you got to be able to move to do it. You know, you got to be able to get there. You got to be able to keep going. And if people can start like with your challenge, you know, get up, get active. Cool. Do that for 11 days in a row. Now make it 12. 
now make it 13. And pretty soon, you know, more and more people are out there and they've developed that habit, developed that pattern. I tell you what, I made a, I made a post yesterday um, and I, I had, you know, I was up early, even commented how early I was. Uh, I had to be at work at 3.30. So I do, I, what I really want to do is just sleep. I was like, no, I'm going to make this happen. So I'm gonna, I woke up at 1.30. I went and hit the gym first. Everybody at work thought I was crazy that I did <laughs> that. But I was like, no, I'm going to do this because I know that I feel so much better if I hit the gym first and then go into work. Worked 15 hours, running all over the place, leading these events, ended up walking 15 miles. You know what? I feel great. And it's you know, stuff like what you did with your, with the ride, ruck, run challenge, run, ride, ruck, sorry, run, ride, ruck challenge that, uh, that helped motivate me. And I was able to share that with some of the people I talked with yesterday at work as well. Just be like, they asked me, why are you so chipper? <laughs> I'm working out. What have you been doing? <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> so, uh, hopefully some more people, or get into doing something like that and you know i mean we're, we're such a sedentary nation unfortunately but that's what I, I think that's the other thing that's kind of motivated me with this hunting thing you know people like you you, you were always posting about stuff in the gym as well and, and it's just motivating for for folks like me that was yeah i'd go to work come home sit on the couch and expect great things and that doesn't happen when you're sitting there on the couch <laughs> so I'll tell you, I still get there sometimes sitting on that couch thinking I need to be working, but Netflix is calling. <laughs> it's tough, but you know, I'm, I'm, that's why I'm, I'm going full momentum at the oh, start you know, of like, the year. Well, you know, even God, he rested on the seventh day. <laughs> there okay we go. Once in a while. That's why I there tell myself go. it's okay to do that every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> Well, on that note, Mike, thanks so much for joining me tonight, man. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Good luck with the, uh, with the new stuff you got going on. I appreciate that. All right, y'all, that'll do it for this bonus episode of The Wild Initiative. Make sure y'all check out the show notes page. You can get links to everything we talked about in today's episode. All right, y'all, that'll do it for today. But hope this episode inspired you to get involved, get outdoors, and plan your initiative for the wild. Thank you for listening to The Wild Initiative. Please take a moment to leave a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher and head on over to thewildinitiative.com to get show notes, check out the blog, gear discounts, other podcasts from the Wild Initiative family, and more. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.